Hi, I'm Ernest from TechChill and you are listening to TechChill Podcast. Here we share news and interviews from our various events and speak with changemakers from different fields. Today's episode on TechChill Podcast is on analytics. Going from software to data and to insights. Kasper Suomelainen from Superhero Capital have seen all types of companies when it comes to data. The ones who have no data and insights to ones who are driven by insights. Here's Kasper. So hey, what's up? Um, as mentioned, my name is Casper, and uh, I'm from Superhero Capital. Today I'll be talking to you about the different levels of superhero analytics. And um, it's basically based on the deal flow that we see uh, every year, the, the levels, as well as our existing portfolio companies. And I'll be going through a few examples while, while explaining the levels. But to give, give you guys an idea of what superhero capital is, I think the easiest way to explain it is that superhero capital is to founders what Alfred is to Batman. The help from behind the scenes. And we've been Alfreds to about 20 companies so far. But before we get into the kind of analytics part, I want to talk about something that's really important and that we look at quite a lot when we're looking at teams. And it's insight. Now, there's a fundamental paradigm shift happening from software to data to insight. About 20 years ago, you probably heard that software began eating the world. Then, next, data became the new oil. And in the future, insight will be the one that's creating the competitive advantage. And you can see this already happening. If you look at the top 10 companies by market cap in 2014, there was one insight-driven company there. Now there's five, half of them. So insight is becoming, and already is, the most powerful form of competitive advantage and value creation. But what does it mean to be insight-driven? What does it mean to have insight? And we've noticed that there are three types of kind of categories of, of companies that, that you can, uh, or, or that you can put SaaS companies into. The first one is startups that create their own data set. So Zada is a great example. It's uh, one of our portfolio companies, and they're essentially a C2C marketplace for secondhand clothing. But in reality, they're creating a database of users' clothing preferences, and, and they know actually the true sizes of the clothings. And you can see in the insight from the fact that they have their return percentage is under one-tenth of what Zalando's is, for example. So they have something of value right there. And if you're not analyzing your own data, you can analyze other people's data sets. Customer is a, is a marketing software for, for retail. And what they do, for example, is they take customer loyalty program data, say, in a store that sells snow shovels. They take customer loyalty program data and check which customers have bought yard supplies in the past year. Then they take publicly available weather data and see where it's going to snow in the next few days. And they target that customer cohort and say, hey, snow shovels are on sale. And they've seen up to seven, eight times better conversion rates. 
And lastly, your whole team is insight-driven. This relates to the first two as well. You can process your own data set or others' data sets, but you're an insight-driven team. And I'll get into an example uh, towards the end of the presentation about, about leaf here, so you'll kind of get an idea on what they do. Um, but really, insight-driven teams, what, what's the culture like? And there's kind of six steps that we've noticed, uh, noticed that great teams excel at and are, and are awesome at. First and foremost, experiment continuously. That's the basic value for the company at hand. After that, you identify outcomes and interim metrics. And I'm talking about metrics that actually mean something, not the metrics that you'd like to see, or not the metrics that make you feel good, but the metrics that will actually tell the root cause of, of the problem. You gather more data, you develop insights, you test and implement it in software, and then you measure, 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 learn, and refine. And this is very hard to build. A lot of SaaS companies that we see, they say they're insight-driven, but they really don't operate this way. Data tells us what happened. Insight tells us why and what to do. And insight-driven companies, according to Forrester Research, they're growing eight times faster than the GDP. And just to give a few examples, what insight-driven companies do, they capture data and apply analytics. Tencent, some of you probably have heard of it. They've been able to create an app ecosystem that no other company has been able to create in the West. They have social, they have gaming, they have news, video, music, stocks, comics. And the Chinese consumer spends five hours on their phone per day. 55% of that time is in 10 cents apps. So they're able to create about 5,000 different consumer profiles, and they're able to target ads a lot more accurately than, for example, Facebook is able to or, or Google. Another example of talking about Google is um, <coughs> in 2009, Google um, was thinking about their ad, ad links, and they tested 41 different colors of blue. And they noticed the one color of blue performed a lot better than any other color. And they switched all their ad links in 2009 to that particular color. Next year, they got 200 million extra revenue. It's a very small detail, but there's 200 million reasons why to do it. Or Alibaba, what they're doing right now with Mattel, uh, one, of, one of the biggest toy companies in the world, is that that Mattel is selling toys through their platform, and they're giving consumer data to Mattel so that they can design better toys. What, what are the Chinese consumers buying? What types of toys? What types of toys aren't that hot anymore? So basically, they're giving Mattel insight on what to do next year. So how do you get from data to insight? Now we get to the levels. That's data. Level two is analytics. And level three is insight. 
Now, but before you kind of get to level one, I, you got to start from somewhere. And it's level zero. It's basically the companies that come to us and say, we know we have revenue. There are two things in SaaS business that actually matters and can be measured. Users and money. And typically, these level zero companies, this is all they measure. Daily active user, monthly active users, and their MRR or ARR. But the stuff that we get from them is this. It looks like a scalable business, right? And this is from two weeks ago. If, if you're not able to estimate your five years other than linearly y equals x, then you're at level zero. And uh, a few of my favorite quotes that, that we hear from these uh, level zero companies as well. The market is so hot right now that even a team like us can make it. And these are actual quotes from Q2 from 2018. Or this one, there, there was a, a company competing with a SAP and a, and a few other bigger players. And uh, we asked them, what, what is your advantage? Our advantage is that we sell our product cheaper than our biggest competitors, but the problem is that we're not making any money. And level zero is a straight pass. But when you get to level one, it's really we know we might make some money. And then you start looking at both the user side as well as the MRR or ARR side a bit, uh, a bit differently. So really, level one, is all about what happened. What happened? Your MRR is not just MRR anymore. You have expansion MRR, you have reactivation, you have contraction MRR, churn. And if you just look at the net new MRR, okay, 3,500. Oh, that looks nice. But when you piece it out, you can actually see the, the churn as well as the contraction MRR are equal to about 3,700. And kind of tackling that churn could double your, your MRR per month. And customer churn, you start dividing cu customer churn and revenue churn. They're two different things. And a lot of companies will calculate only one churn. Let's say you have one customer churning that gives you $100 a month. It's a totally different figure than 100 customers churning that give you $1 a month. But my point is that no one metric tells the whole story. And, and measuring a lot of different metrics gives you the ability to get serendipitous insight. And then you start looking at basic figures related to your customers. Customer acquisition cost, it's basically what you spend in marketing and sales divided by how many customers you got in a certain period. Your payback period is right in the middle. So that means how many weeks or months or years does it take for you to acquire that customer acquisition cost back. And that's, after that is when you start making profit. Then you have your customer lifetime value. And if, if you look at the payback period, under 12 months for sauce is okay, good. 
But great is five to seven months in between that. And a lot of SaaS companies, very important figure is uh, LTV and CAC ratio. So if that's over three, you're in a good business. So your customer acquisition cost is one third of the lifetime value of your customer. If you're in a great business, it can be up to seven or eight. But that you rarely see. But if it's over three, it's good. And then NPS, Net Promoter Score. Some people like the metric, some people don't. Mm, I kind of get both sides. But this is a, a good metric to test out kind of customer loyalty. Now, you ask your customers, hey, what's the, um, uh, how strongly would you recommend your product uh, or our product to your friend? And you subtract the percentage amount of promoters versus detractors. And if your NPS is over zero, that means that you have more people promoting your product than saying, hell no, we're not going to talk about this to anyone. 50 is a really good business. 70 is world class. And this is level one. And you, in level one, you still hear quotes like, we don't even have to be better than our competitors. We just have to be different. And if you're level zero or level one, we pass you right away from our deal flow. We're not even looking at you. So think, if you're a SaaS company, are you level zero or level one? Or are you level two, where you start kind of knowing where the money comes from? So level one was really what happened. You have your different MRRs, LTV, CAC. Level two, you start looking at conversions. So you segment your customer pipeline in a way where you're looking at whether things go from trial to paid or your website visitors start a trial. And, and, and you start segmenting the whole process. And uh, one, of, one of the metrics uh, or, or frameworks is the R framework. You're supposed to sound like a pirate, I guess. Um, but you basically look at five stages of, of the pipeline. Acquisition, activation, retention, referral, and revenue. And you can find all this online, so I'm not going to go in depth when the metrics, but just a few examples of what you could look at at each phase. App downloads, click-through rate in the acquisition phase, in the activation phase, successful onboarding, or an aha metric. Um, and by aha metric, I mean, I mean a metric that's particular to your own business. Um, for Twitter, they noticed that if in the first 10 days you start following 30 accounts, you have a lot higher retention rate than if you don't. So you can kind of start gearing your product development towards your aha metric after you find it. For retention, just retention, referral, NPS, as mentioned, or just number of referrals. And for revenue, average order value or LTV. But this is only one way to do it. There are a bunch of others. This is another one. It's separated into eight. You have your marketing, sales, service, and account management pipelines. But find the segmentation that works for you. And at level two, you start testing a lot. Level one, you might test a bit. But level two, you're consistently testing. Facebook has 10,000 different versions of Facebook running right now. 
So test your product. Test different versions of your website. Test different versions of your email, marketing and emails. And this is something you should do continuously. And when we see teams doing this, and when investors in general see teams doing this on a consistent basis, that's when interest is sparked. And the final level, level three, we aim to know everything. Now this is all about cohorts. Cohorts might sound like a fancy word, but essentially it means a group of users or customers with a similar characteristic. Now there's size-based cohorts, time-based cohorts, and segment-based cohorts. Size-based cohorts, you separate your customers with, say, for example, the pricing plan. Do they have the platinum, the gold, or the silver pricing plan? With time-based, you can segment them based on, on when they signed up. And with segment-based, you can segment them on the device. And this is actually really important because you might notice that a group of customers say using a particular device or using a particular language are not converting as well as others. You're not gonna get your answers right away, but doing this will give you that serendipitous insight when you do it constantly. And then when you're at level three, you're in real Superman mode. Just a few screenshots of one of our portfolio companies, Lead Feeder, the one that I mentioned that's whole culture is geared towards insight. Um, every day, some metrics every hour, all the metrics every, every week are, are calculated. And this is what we see as investors when we ask, oh, what are your metrics? We get a table with MR summary, MR by market, acquisition, churn, new users, active users, historical growth. But this is just the basics. We get cohort analysis, conversion rates, and, and very interesting in the upper right-hand corner, data quality report. When you're starting to analyze the quality of the data you're gathering from your customers, then things start really getting interesting because then you get a better idea on what you need to gather in order to make better decisions. And then, a bunch of others as well, but I want to highlight churn scoring. Now, lead feeder predicts churn, and then they also score their own predictions every week and update their model, prediction model based on that. So when you start criticizing or looking at how you predict yourself, that's when you start running a lot faster than the competition. And this is just, there's a bunch of other stuff as well, but these are kind of the simple sauce levels that we've seen. Level one, you're looking at what happened. New business MRR, okay, and the basic figures. Level two, you're splitting your customer pipeline into segments. Level three, you're splitting the customers within those segments. And if you're at level two or level three, you're doing actually a lot better than most. But as mentioned, no one metric tells the whole story. And, and I want to kind of highlight a, a quick example. Uh, 
about, you know, looking at the wrong data or, or looking at data in the wrong way. Uh, correlation versus causation. Let, let's take a really easy example. The more we eat ice cream, the more there are deaths by drowning, the more there are forest fires. There's a definite correlation there. But it's really not causation. The causation is between weather. And a lot of startups, when they look at data, they only try to find stuff that correlate with each other. But finding what cause, causes what is a lot more interesting and can give you a lot more insight. Every time there's causation, there's correlation, but it doesn't work the other way around. So, I, I hope you get an understanding of kind of the levels and what we as investors look at. I'll leave you with one question. What level of superhero analytics does your team have?